0: What's up OU fans, your host Noah Ifrigan here coming at you with episode seven of season two of Opportunity Unlocked. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm excited to share my interview with Jesse Abrams, founder and CEO of HomeWise. Distinguished as a top 30 under 30 marketer in Canada and top entrepreneur by Next Canada, Jesse has a long track record of being a successful digital marketer and entrepreneur. He led marketing efforts at companies like General Mills and Beyond Marketing before starting HomeWise, the Toronto-based startup that has raised $3.8 million to support their mission in changing the mortgage game. They are making the process of securing a mortgage significantly easier and faster using their automated platform. It's getting me excited to buy a mortgage myself. In addition to his professional work, he has also co-founded two charitable foundations, raising millions of dollars for causes like autism awareness and Toronto's Mount Sinai Hospital. Jesse is an awesome guy. I'm super excited to be sharing this. Here we go. Episode seven of Opportunity Unlocked season two coming at you now. Jesse, it's a pleasure to have you on the show with me today.
1: Thanks so much, Noah. Excited to be here.
0: So you are a longtime marketing expert. You specialize in business and marketing at McGill. You ran your own marketing industry for a while and led some marketing efforts at a variety of companies, including General Mills. And now you are Jesse Abrams, co-founder and CEO of HomeWise, changing the mortgage game. How did that happen?
1: Well, as we all know, there's a direct correlation between marketing and mortgages. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really funny thing. I always joke with uh whenever I'm talking about the business that I've been dreaming about getting into mortgages since I was a young kid, but that's that's obviously a lie. Um what I find in your career there's so many stepping stones that happen that could lead you in a totally different direction. And it's funny. My my last job I had before starting HomeWise uh was an agency that I helped run. And one of Ken's largest banks was one of our clients specifically on their mortgage business. Worked with them for long enough to realize, damn, there's got to be a better way. And after going through the home buying experience myself, it only furthered that. And that's how the jump was made. And sometimes you never know where you're going to be two years from now. And pretty excited to be where you are right now. And even though I never expected to be in the mortgage business, I'm definitely living, breathing, and bleeding mortgage at this point in my life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Quite an industry to be to be on the on the cutting edge of having so much archaic technology involved and coming in and trying to change the game and make it actually 21st century.
1: Yeah, we're, we're dealing with industries where the incumbents have just been doing the same things for a long time. And there's a, a Mike Tyson quote that I love that everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. I think we're starting to see that now. Obviously, COVID was a, a big driver of change in the marketplace, but the fintech marketplace in North America is absolutely taking off. And now the prop tech marketplace, which is basically fintechs, but for anything in the property space is taking off as well. So I I think it's one of those change or die situations that we're excited to be one of those companies really pushing the industry in a direction that better serves our customers and just makes things faster, easier, and saves people money.
0: Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned before, you know, Opportunities come your way and you can't always expect them. And so in your case, an opportunity came where you had sort of a uh, uh, this can be done better kind of moment and you seized it. Not everyone would necessarily do that. How did that happen for you?
1: Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of us have ideas, and I probably have the most than anyone I know at any given time. I'm, I'm always thinking of startup ideas. I've had an idea 10 years ago we didn't do, five years later we didn't do, two years after that we didn't do, and then started home-wise. And I think there's, there's many factors that come into taking that leap from idea into actually starting a business. The first one is time. Uh, timing is just not always right. You know what? I there's businesses that I wanted to start when I just didn't think I had the right experience. I didn't have the right knowledge. The second one is team. And team is probably the most important one because the other businesses i looked to start, you know, the, the other potential co-founders weren't the right people. And we never even got off the drawing board to start anything. So with HomeWise, it was really the time was right. Um, I felt in my career, I had established myself. I had the knowledge base. I had the skill set. The team was right. My co-founder Carlos it was just such a yin to my yang. And the rest of our team that we already assembled was so strong. And then overall I know I mentioned timing off the start, but the timing in the industry was also right for us. So there was just so many things that led for us to say, hey, if we don't do this right now, we're really gonna regret it. And we're so excited about the opportunity that we wanna take the leap. And and that's really what it was. We were willing to leave a lot of money on the table from previous careers, a lot of opportunities we would have had to take that risk. And that's what that's what entrepreneurship is all about.
0: And so you talk about timing and team and ensuring that uh, the opportunity that is in front of you is is apt for the moment. Now, do you ha- did you always have that in mind as you were progressing throughout your career? Were you always pushing towards a goal that you felt was not necessarily that vague in terms of your wanting to become an entrepreneur? Or was it you know, sort of a narrative that unfolded without you really expecting it? And only in retrospect can you actually see the details and connect the dots?
1: Yeah, it's something I think about a lot. Um, There's a study done by Harvard years and years ago that if you're someone who doesn't have goals, your chances of being successful are X. If you have goals but you don't write them down, your chances of being successful are two X. And you have goals and you write them down, three X. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm always someone who had goals for where I want to be in life. And every career I took and every job I took was a stepping stone for me. I always wanted to work in the tech space. I always wanted to work in the digital space. And I graduated university in 2009. And as you mentioned, I did a commerce degree at McGill. And I knew that if I wanted to get into the digital sphere at that point, there was a certain job I'd have to take. And that's why I started my career in digital advertising. And then I went into digital marketing at General Mills. And I always said, I don't want to do this forever. I want to start my own thing. I I have parents who are entrepreneurs. And while they don't call themselves entrepreneurs because they started their business 40 years ago, and it's a little bit different, but they both started their own respective businesses or lead their own respective businesses. And I never wanted to be someone who just went into work every day and did my 9 to 5. I always loved the idea of being, being able to make a real change and and be able to make an impact and I know that sounds cliche sometimes but there was too many jobs I worked at where people were just putting their head down and doing their thing and I always said you know what once the idea comes and once the timing is right and once the team is right just gotta kind of dive in and and take a risk and bet on yourself and that that to me is a lot of what it's about. You don't always have to plan for it, but even if your planning is two months in advance versus the ten years in advance it was for me, if you feel that the stars are aligning for you and the opportunity is there, it's an exciting opportunity to jump onto
0: gotcha and it's 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 interesting to hear that you know, and I always like to ask. Um, how how that transition was made? Because as I mentioned before, you know, opportunities pass by people, and they don't necessarily see them, or they do see them, and they don't jump on it because the stars didn't align enough. And I feel like there's there's not always a threshold in which you can m- measure the alignment um, as to you know it's it's passable versus it's not. So you know, for you, did it feel like it was a leap, or did it feel like the sort of universe was pushing you in that direction and you were just going with it.
1: So knowing the the age of your audience, I'm sure some of them might have a roommate in university and if you don't have a great roommate, you know what it's like in the final three weeks before you don't have to live with them anymore. And all you want to do is get the heck out of there and get to that next step. (laughs) And that's the best analogy I could create for wanting to start this business. I was I did not not like my previous job. I enjoyed it. I had a great team. It was fun, but I wanted nothing but to leave that job. All I wanted to do was to get out. All I wanted to do was start this business. And that's when I knew it was the right decision was every evening, every weekend, I was working on the business when I was working another job. And that's, that to me was the big opportunity was seeing the writing on the wall that I love this and I'm going to want to do it for a long time. And I want to jump full, full-fledged into the water.
0: I love that. And so let's talk about HomeWise a little bit here. Um, So you're making it faster than ever to secure a mortgage um, for anyone really just by going to HomeWise, um, thinkhomewise.com and uh, putting in their data or their information and then matching you with brokers and lenders and uh, not brokers, sorry, banks and lenders. Um, It's interesting. I want to talk to you you about being a marketer yourself. You're currently operating in an industry full of consumer emotion, right? First-time home buyers are the most common home home purchasers in Canada, um, and that's an emotional process. So, as a marketer, how do you approach that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's such an interesting question to ask because if you look at the industry when it comes to mortgages, all you see are these numbers, and it's like, well, what do, what do these numbers mean? How, how do they affect me? And that, to me, I saw was really part of the opportunity as well and our, our team saw that we saw that as an opportunity was the fact that if you're talking at someone and saying, hey, check out these numbers, but not engaging them in the conversation, informing them, creating a brand that they trust, you're just not creating something sustainable. And obviously I'm sure a lot of your listeners know companies like Wealth Simple and love their ads. What they've done an amazing job of is making themselves prominent, making them top of mind. By making you, you say to yourself, "Okay, I, I trust them," because that's the single most important thing to create in the process is just a feeling of trust and 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 talking to them in a way that the banks can't. Um, we we know that banks are have a certain way of talking, and that's great. And we work with banks, and we love many of them that we work with. But the 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 cool thing about being a tech company and being a startup is we get to build our own experience and talk to our clients the way we want to. And there are some things that we'll do, I'm sure, in the next couple of years that will surprise people, that will be a little bit crazy. But that's how you break through. And that's how you create this trust and you create this affinity that you're looking for. And um, that's the exciting thing that we need to be able to have by approvals basically going through myself and my co-founder. We don't exactly have to have 15 lines of approval to say, oh, you know what? That seems a little bit too crazy for us. So that's one of the exciting things about being a startup is you get to take some risk and you get to forge your own journey and, and create a brand that you know, and you think, and you hope, you know, uh, resonates with the demographics they're going after.
0: Mm-hmm. And and it, it seems like it really is, um, you know, January, 2021, just within the last six months, you announced $3 million funding round led by Mars. So clearly there's some backers who believe in what you're doing. And um, you know, in the last year, I guess I want to ask about this. You know, the housing market having boomed as much as it has must have affected your business, and what I'd imagine is a positive light. How how has that been for you guys?
1: Yeah, it's been it's been great. And having Mars on board, and Capital, a lot of our good angels, it's been great. One validation that a really strong group of partners want to come on board. But two, the part of the fuel we need to continually build and COVID was an interesting year i think it drove a lot more people online there was a hot housing market as well that's for sure um and it definitely helped our business we we tripled in revenues year over year last year we're looking to do the same thing again this year our tech is continually progressing we're we're consistently just trying to be a bigger better business so for us it's there's a there's a satchel page quote that says don't look back your competitors might be gaining on you we just want to keep moving forward and moving as quickly as possible, so that we could help as many Canadians out as possible along the way, and build ourselves into the massive business we know we can be.
0: Hmm. And so, what's the uh, what's the plan of attack on that front with the new investment? Um, how do you intend to you know, hit those growth targets? What's the strategy around that right now? Not, of course, not to ask uh, anything
1: beyond what you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> so I'm going to give you our secret plans. No, it's a, it's a great question. <laughs> And it's it's something that not enough people think about because you know you hear company raises a round of financing, but a lot of that is to continue their growth and plan new things. So for us, we recently expanded across Canada, so it's continuing our growth strategies across Canada. It's building new tech. So we have a ton of tech that's been released over the last month and a half, and a lot more coming over the next six months. I, I think I think we're releasing more tech this year than it's probably five times more than we have over the last year and a half beforehand. So there's a, a huge shift in the amount of tech products we have on the last side is just new product development. We have new products that are going to come that's going to increase our our total addressable market by a massive side, our lifetime value from a revenue perspective from our customers by a big size. So just a ton of big opportunities for ourselves that are going to be coming just, just from the the fact that we have capital and a great group of partners on board to help us continue our growth and of course, a big part of that is making sure we hit the milestones from a revenue perspective, so that when we do have to raise our next round, which let's call it a Series A next, anywhere from March to June of next year, um, that we're ready to do so.
0: Gotcha. And so with these with these milestones looming at all times as a startup founder, and it's it's a go 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 kind of uh, job and responsibility. How do you how do you handle the the stress, the potential anxiety, or the just kind of the pressure that comes with it?
1: Um, that, that's an important question because I think too many people watch shows like Silicon Valley and think that <laughs> starting a startup is some super fun thing, and Erlich Bachman's gonna crack some jokes, and you're gonna have a really fun time. Yeah. Now, it it's 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 fun. I enjoy what I'm doing. But starting a startup is not for the light of heart. I work seven days a week. I work till nine o'clock at night every day. And that's nearly three years into the business. I have a one-year-old kid and I have to plan a schedule around that as well. So it does get stressful. It does get time consuming. And there's a couple things. I think there's three things to always think about in that area that are exceptionally helpful. And it all has to do with people. So the first one comes to your team, finding an amazing team that you can work with where as an example, my co founder, we could call each other at 10 o'clock at night if something's stressing us out, and the other person will be like, Oh, you know, what? this isn't as big of an issue as you think. And just like that, all your fears are gone and all your stress melts away because you have someone to talk to about it. So having a great team is just so important because you also know you can rely on them and trust them to do the work you need to do. The second part is a network. Um, I think too many founders put themselves on a mountain by themselves, and they don't realize that there are so many other founders, so many investors, so many just people in the in the startup community who want to help. And I'm part of different startup founder groups. Like There's one called Founder City Project, which is awesome, and I suggest to every single founder, where once a month, myself and 11 or 12 other founders meet in a group, and we just talk about what's going on, and we share ideas. We try to give completely unbiased feedback. We don't tell each other what to do. We just we just talk about it, and it's very cathartic as a founder to hear that nine other people have had the exact same problem as you, and it's not something that always goes away. So, creating that network and having those people to talk to is just so important. And and then the last thing is just believing in what you're doing. And there's there's so many startup founders that I speak to who are just so, they just totally believe in what they're doing. They live and breathe it, and it's so important to them. So, if you don't love what you're doing as a startup founder, and you don't wake up every day saying how do I build this and how do we build this into something that's going to be something really special? You're never going to want to work on what you're working on. And the stress is going to compound so much more than it should be. So I think those three factors are so important to not, not just take away stress, but to have you have you focused and enjoying what you're working on because it is not easy. It is definitely not easy. It is not glamorous. And You you just have to be prepared for what you're getting yourself into. That is, it is tough, but it's worth it when you see those, those rewards start to come.
0: Those are three awesome tools to consider here. And and let me ask you, so in, in, in your, uh, in your uh, life as an entrepreneur, how is it that you believe in what you're doing, right? So mortgages, as you mentioned, isn't necessarily something you, you grew up saying you wanted to completely revolutionize. What is it about um, you know, your life as an entrepreneur that you love doing?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think the business started with a problem I had, right? I worked with one of Canada's biggest banks in their mortgage businesses, business and saw how horrible their process was. I got a mortgage through multiple different mediums that was just so confusing, lacked any transparency, and I think coming from that problem made me realize this is arguably the biggest purchase someone's going to make in their life. And it sucks. It really sucks. And there's, there has to be a way to fix it. So I think starting from the why is so important. Like, why are you doing this? Are you solving a problem you had? Are you solving a problem that someone else might have that you could resonate with? And that's something that really excites me every day is just hearing the people we help. Um, I don't really deal with clients that often, but early on in our business, when we were bootstrapping a little bit more, I had calls with clients where, we helped them get a mortgage and they cried on the phone. And like, there's something so special about wow. what the mortgage is and what we're able to do. And e- even though mortgage literally means death pledge, it's, it's, it's a great <laughs> thing. It? It, it literally means death pledge. Um, it's wow. uh, it's not exactly the cleanest of words, but it's, it's such an important thing that helps people realize their home buying dreams. And that, so that's one part is, is why we started it. The second part is what we can be. And that's what gets me excited. We have so many things that we're working on that literally get me giddy and like I'll jump up and down when I hear things are working out well. and uh, Even when things aren't going well, but our, our numbers might be strong, that's exciting as well because you're like, hey, this is doing badly, but we're doing well. So that gives us opportunity. That means we have areas to grow with which we should be even better at. So that to me is just the exciting thing about being a... A startup and, and having a team of people who are just so engaged in what you're doing is the fact that sky's the limit, right? You, you got we have to always be rational, and I think there's there's some crazy moonshot thoughts we always have, but realizing that what you're working on can really impact people's lives and what you're working on, it can just be so different from what's out there. It's just it's just exciting. It really is.
0: Mm-hmm, that's amazing. And I could, I could sense the excitement, especially I'm sure now that you guys have some dry powder after your last funding round to really invest in some special new initiatives as you were speaking about before. hundred percent. So I also wanted to talk to you about um, something that has been pretty ubiquitous throughout your career, which is involvement with charity, um, both in your personal and professional life. You know, you've started a Memorial hockey tournament. In the past, you sit on the board of Arena, um, helping those with the developmental disabilities. Um, you also started another charity event called Serving for Sinai, which um, you know, based on how what I read about it, is is absolutely fantastic and awesome. And now at at, at HomeWise, you are you have an initiative with Habitat for Humanity where, where part of the the revenue you guys generate or profit um, goes to supporting building homes. So, you know, I'd love to hear about. Where this, you know, how you become inspired to to be involved in that sense, and even even taking it to the point where you know your entrepreneurial endeavor is also connected to your charitable intentions.
1: Yeah, you know, it's such an important part of my life, and I think it started with my parents. Uh, Both my parents are both very charitable. Um, I think I rode in five ride to conquer cancers with my mom. Our team raised hundreds of thousands of dollars there. And just, we have a lot of time and I always find that the people who are the least busy say they're the busiest and the people who are the busiest, never complain about it. And that's something I've noticed throughout my entire career. And charity work is just so important. There's so much we could give back with. There's also so much you can learn by doing it. You know, when we started that hockey tournament, it was in memory of one of my best friend's brothers who unfortunately passed away. And I started it with him um, his, my best, one of my best friends and my, one of my other best friends and, um, their names are John and Zach. And, and Zach at the time was working at Credit Suisse. We'd walk to to the subway together every morning at about 8.15. He'd get to work by 8.30 and then he'd get home at around three, four in the morning every day. But somehow when we worked on the charity together, he probably did 90% of the work, never complained about being busy, never talked about it. And, it, and that was pretty inspiring. And I don't want I to. I hope he doesn't listen to this, even though I hope he does because yeah, he have he good li- listenership. But I hope he doesn't <laughs> hear this because I don't want to give him too much credit uh, as a friend, because as we know, you always got to keep your friends in, in their place sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but but it was inspiring because this guy who was the busiest guy I knew was doing so much work from a charitable pers- perspective. And we have done multiple things together. We started serving for Sonnet together, so we raised a million dollars for the Joel Schwartz Memorial Hockey Tournament. Now we've raised eight hundred thousand for serving for Sinai, and hopefully we have one more year, so maybe you'll have a chance to play. But we're already talking about what we want to do next. And I serve on two committees at Mount Sinai Hospital as well—the marketing and the entrepreneurship committee—and it's just so it's so fulfilling to see the people you help, um, to work with such smart people. And I, and I suggest this to anyone: just you have time. It doesn't matter how big the thing you're doing is; it could be tiny. You could raise two thousand bucks. But you can make an impact. You can learn a lot and you can impact other people's lives. And with HomeWise, we just saw that as a natural thing. And I, I find so many entrepreneurs are, are philanthropic and they want to help people out. And I think no matter if you're an entrepreneur or you're a junior marketing manager, you have time. And I even say this as someone who's married with a one-year-old kid in a startup. There's enough time to work on this stuff. So there's there to me there's no excuses because we're we're all a lot of us are in a lucky place where we get to get back and I think we should always take advantage of that.
0: I love that. What a message to end off on. Jesse, thanks so much for your time. I
1: appreciate this a lot. It's been fantastic. Thanks, Noah. Appreciate it.